Hi, this is the Family Business Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping family businesses thrive. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and I work with family businesses to help them to navigate the highs and lows that can come with working with your family. Each week, I will share insights and experiences from my own work and from other advisors from around the world. You will also hear directly from family businesses who have been kind enough to share their own stories. If you want to find out more about the show, just head over to fanbizpodcast.com and you can get in touch with me there and find all our previous episodes. If you're enjoying the show, I'd be very grateful if you'd leave me a review in iTunes. It helps others to find the show and it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling in my belly. Just head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash iTunes and follow the link. Anyway, it's time for this week's show. Enjoy. Well, hello and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I am joined this week by Fiona Graham, who our regular listeners will know from a previous episode. For those that haven't listened to that one, please go back and have a listen. It was a great chat um, last time. No pressure for this time. Um, but Fiona is the External Affairs and Policy Director at the Institute for Family Business. Um, firstly, welcome back to the show. Thank Great you to very have much you. for inviting me. And let's start, for those that perhaps haven't heard the previous episode that we recorded together, shall we give them a whistle-stop tour of who you are and um, how you came to be doing what you're doing now and uh, perhaps a little bit about what the IFB do as well? Yep. So I, as you said, I'm the uh, Director of External Affairs and Policy for the Institute for Family Business. Um, the Institute for Family Business is a membership organisation for UK family businesses. Um, we represent the sector um, because we think family businesses make an incredible contribution, not only financially to uh, the UK, but also in terms of the role that they play in communities um, and kind of the embodiment of responsible capitalism. Um, we also support family owners and fa- uh, managers of family businesses to kind of overcome some of the common challenges that you face in family business, succession planning, engaging the next generation, that kind of stuff. And we were founded by a group of family owners who wanted a place to get together and talk in a safe non-solicitors trusted environment about some of those challenges in an open and honest way so that they could share the good and the bad uh, and really learn from each other and that's really at the core of what we do Um, and we are about 18 years old as an organization Um, and yeah I think we're just incredibly passionate about family business and helping them to uh, to grow and continue to thrive for generations to come but also to kind of make sure that they get the recognition and the policy that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of my day job is um, making sure that policymakers understand why family businesses are different, how that can how that then influences policy decisions and making sure that there is an environment that allows them to kind of reach their potential mm-hmm. because we know how uh, ambitious and um how ambitious family businesses are and we want to help them to kind of really realize that fantastic and we're going to talk about a little bit more of the the work you do from an ad- advocacy um, perspective later on in in this show um, but what we're also going to cover is you've recently published a state of the nation report which um, people can have access to i believe um to freely download yep. um we'll 
put some links and talk about that uh, in the show notes uh, and a little bit later on. Um, but what are some of the kind of headlines from the State of the Nation report and, and the key takeaways from it? So, um, as you said, that report was published, I think, on the 28th of um, 28th of May. So it's very new. <laughs> um, it's put together by the IFB Research Foundation, which is a separate charity uh, working with Oxford Economics. And it really highlights the contribution that family firms make to the UK and then also some challenges that they're facing at the moment. So it shows that 85% of all UK businesses are family owned, which I think is a figure that often surprises yeah. people. I think people still think that family business is something we used to have, uh -huh. not something that's absolutely the backbone of our economy at the moment. Um, and also, one of the things I find is when I talk to people about family businesses, everybody has a family business in their community, maybe their village pub, maybe the local shop that they love, maybe kind of the brewery, you know, the brewery, yeah. the farm, the, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, so everyone has a connection to family business. Uh -huh. And yet they're often surprised that everyone else has a connection to yeah. family business as well. Um, and I think it what always is always great when I talk to people about family business is how quickly they can reference the family business mm. that they know. And I think that really demonstrates to me how embedded they are, how, uh, how their kind of dedication to customer service is obviously paying off mm. because people are remembering them and yep. talking about them. Um, so unsurprisingly, the majority of businesses in the family business sector are smaller micro businesses. That's true of the UK as a whole. We're a very kind of there are it's a huge number of small businesses in this country. But there are 18,000 medium and large family firms, which I think is an you know an impressive number. And yeah. people often talk about the Mittelstand in Germany as something we should be trying to emulate. Actually, when you look at the figures, we already have that Mittelstand mm -hmm. and they are private family businesses and they're you know, they do all the same things that people talk about general family businesses, longevity of outlook, incredible, um, uh, incredible community presence, uh, commitment to their employees. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, stu the study also showed that the majority of family SMEs are in their first generation. I don't think that would surprise many mm -hmm. people um, because, it, you know, becoming a multi-generational business is a challenge. Um, and multi-generational businesses are more common um, as businesses increase in size. But I think it's encouraging to see there are so many first-generation family businesses because those are, you know, today's founders are yeah, tomorrow's absolutely. kind of family business leaders. So um, I think it shows that people still are still setting up businesses with their family, with the intention of being family-owned for multiple generations. It shows that it's still something that's very attractive to people mm. as a model. Um, for the first time, the report looked at who's managing family businesses. Okay. Um, and it showed that the majority of family SMEs are managed by family members. Mm -hmm. um, but as businesses grow, they're more likely to be managed by non-family. I think that's something we assume to be true um, and that it tends to be kind of what we see in our experience, but we have the statistics to, to back that up now. And um, it also looked at family, uh, and it also looked at um, female leaders in family businesses and showed that family-owned SMEs are more likely to have 
uh, female leaders than non-family SMEs. Mm. So I think that's a really interesting perspective yeah. as well. Um, and there's a lot of discussion about the role of women in family businesses uh, and why maybe they do have more opportunities to make it into leadership roles. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. Um, it's also a good example, isn't it, for non-family-owned businesses to say, come on, keep up. Yeah, I know I, there's a lot more to do in, in that sense, and it's, it's not by any stretch. I don't think it's a 50-50 a split in terms of, of gender roles, but it is something that is improving, and um, family businesses seem to be leading the way on that. I think so. Um, I think particularly you see women setting up businesses and then they're carrying on in leadership roles mm -hmm. and they're acting as kind of um, role models for future female leaders. And mm. that's really important. There's a lot of literature around um, the discussion about diversity in business, around the importance of role models, of seeing somebody that you can then follow. Mm. Um, and I don't think that that should be underestimated. And I think it's something family businesses of all sizes should be thinking about how, uh, how are you making sure that there are those role models either on your board or in your management or as your fam you know, in your family council yeah. if, if, if it's family members who don't want to be involved in the day-to-day -day running of the mm. business. I think an important point on that as well is um, this is going slightly away from, from the, um, the report itself. But, but ensuring that those role models are visible as well outside the family business so that they do become role models in their community, they do become those that have said, well, I've done it, therefore, you know, if anyone else is thinking that there's barriers, then they can be overcome because family businesses have that opportunity to celebrate their successes and, and create that story behind it. And I think that's something we should be encouraging them to, to do. Yeah, I think encouraging families to shout about their successes is so important because traditionally, and, and still is the case, and particularly for small businesses, people are so busy running yeah. businesses, they don't have time to go about you know singing their own praises. Yeah. But it is important, um, and it does help then people to recognise all the good work that's going on. And we're very keen to encourage people to kind of shout about the things that they're doing really well, because there's a huge amount of good news in the family business sector. I, last week, I was speaking to families who were... Um, getting together to try and tackle youth homelessness in their local community. Wow. Um, others who were kind of talking about how do we Im genuinely embed kind of community projects so they're not just something that's going to come and go. Mm. Talking to families about impact investing, you know, talking to them about apprenticeships and the work that they were doing to um, kind of uh, around the future of work and what different working practices are going to look like in the future. Families are doing a huge amount, mm. um, and I think yeah, they should they should they should um, be recognised for it, and we should praise them more for for the good work that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree. Um, and so, generally, what what's the outlook for the sector? Was there a, a positive overall feel? Was it neutral? I mean, we're in pretty interesting times at the moment, particularly here in the UK with Brexit and, and all of that kind of stuff. I did hope we'd get through one conversation <laughs> yeah. without it being mentioned. That's it. That's the only time it's going to be mentioned. Okay. But, but, Honestly, but listeners, the that's the of, only time we'll talk about yeah, it. Listen on, listen on. 
Um, in, in terms of the overall kind of um, sector as a whole, is it a, a positive story? I think generally it is. Um, family Employment by family firms has been growing, so they now employ... 13 and a half million, roughly 13 and a half million people in the UK. Mm. Um, the turnover is inc- has increased, so it's now 1.7 trillion in turnover, which wow. is enormous. Yeah. Um, family businesses are generating more than a quarter of UK GDP. The tax contribution is greater than the annual NHS budget. All these numbers have been increasing over the past few years. More than a third of the family SMEs in the report had reported a growth in turnover in the previous 12 months. Um, They also have plans for the future. I think one of the things that I find very encouraging is that the report shows not only is the family business sector in quite a healthy state um, and that families have been growing their businesses, but that they also have plans for future growth. And I think there's a lot of talk about um, kind of sustainability in business and uh, kind of patient capital and a long-term approach and how important that is. Families are doing that and have been doing that. And I think it's really important when people talk about the long-term approach, they understand that families, yes, understand their heritage, but they also know if they want to be around for generations to come. They have to continue to innovate. They have to continue to adapt. They have to think about the way the world is changing. And I think that often there is a confusion between the fact that they have a strong heritage and that's often taken as them being old fashioned, Uh but actually they're anything but. Um, And because of the closeness of the family to each other, because of their strong and combined sense of purpose it means that actually they can be very agile and continue to adapt and continue to move Mm. so I think that's very encouraging Um, one of the things that families really were saying in the report was that they were looking at in terms of future growth was to improve workforce skills amongst their employees I think that's really important they understand how important their people are, and that they're really at the heart of their businesses. So, I'm, as you say, we live in interesting times. Mm-hmm. I think well, that's how we'll that's how we'll phrase that. <laughs> yeah. um, but but we do, and I think there are challenges around. Um, but I think family businesses have very strong foundations to tackle those challenges, mm. um, and that when we're looking at discussions around. Um, you know, the war for talent, family businesses with an incredibly strong culture and a strong sense of purpose are have a great competitive advantage mm. in the war for talent because people increasingly want to work for businesses with Absolutely. a strong culture and a strong purpose. And so they're in a great position to really market themselves as, as a place that millennials and kind of other people will want to work. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really key point. And we've spoken to your colleague about um, the conference that you had recently, which focused on culture. And it, it's worth reiterating the the point that, again, particularly in the UK, we are in a time where there is very high levels of employment. And there is this war for talent around for, for people to um, recruit. And having a a purpose, a, a culture that people can really buy into and, and become part of is a huge part of the appeal for people who are out there looking for work. It's not about 
salary necessarily. I mean, they need to, need to get paid. I won't do it for free. But it's much more than that. There's much more of a, I want to be proud to work somewhere rather than just be taking home the paycheck. And I think family firms are brilliantly positioned to take advantage of that. Yeah, and I was talking to people at the conference about not just recruitment, but retention as well. Mm. Retention is hugely important for businesses in terms of staff, as it is for a client. You, you know how long it can train, take to train somebody, mm. somebody new, how disruptive it can be to a business, particularly a small business, to get somebody up to speed. And so actually retention is incredibly important and a strong culture helps with retention. We often talk to families where... They have multiple generations of the state of other families yes. working in the business. So it'll be, I work in the business, but, you know, my children and my niece and my, you know, my brother all work in the business as well. And I think that that's, um, that shows how great those businesses are because it's not just the only owning family who are involved, but other families want to be involved and encourage their children to work in those businesses because they know what great employers they are. Yeah. And I think that's really testament to um, what great relationships they have with their employees that mm. people are keen for their own children to work yeah. in that business as well. And we spend so much of our lives at work. Yeah. It should be somewhere we enjoy <laughs> going to. And so creating that culture puts you at an advantage to somebody who's not putting in that effort because they're not beholden to the same value set or they're not, you know, they're more aligned to shareholder return than they are in, in terms of return on life, for example. So I think that's um, really good from a, a family business yeah. um, perspective. Well, what else can families learn from the findings within the report. Are there lessons in there to say these are the things you perhaps should be keeping an eye on? So I think one of the findings I found quite interesting um, because of the work that I do was around where families go for support. Mm -hmm. So there are huge amounts of resources available, not just family business resources, but around uh, management training and um, all sorts of things. And it's the, there's an ongoing discussion about the, the kind of support that is the best for SMEs. Mm. So I'm a member of the government's SME advisory board. And we have that discussion quite a lot about how you can make um, the support available the best it can be. And also um, in the places that family or that SMEs generally will go for support mm. and, and how can it work for them. Um, and there are ongoing discussions about that. And it is something the government's looking at about the best way to reach SMEs to give them the support they need. But what the findings of this report showed was that actually family SMEs are less likely to try and get outside support generally. Okay. Um, the place they're most likely to go are to accountants, um, but they're not particularly likely to approach their local authority or their LEP or their growth hub. Mm -hmm. And all of those places have huge amounts of information on, you know, growth, finance, tax, productivity, all those sorts of things. And I think there's a huge amount of support available. And I understand if you're running a business, you're normally pretty pressed for time. But there is a huge amount of, uh, of support that is available. And I'd really encourage people to speak to their growth, local growth hub or their local enterprise partnership and find out because they have enormous amounts of resources and they're very keen to help. Mm -hmm. We're working with Be The Business as well, which is the 
industry-led body that was set up by the government and is headed up by um, Tony Danker to improve UK productivity because productivity is a, is a challenge for the whole country. Mm-hmm. And we're working with them to help successful family businesses to support smaller family businesses that do want to improve their productivity to reach their potential, mm-hmm. but need some support and some advice. Right. So we're helping them with that with that pilot project in the Northwest to kind of help with that peer learning, because yeah. I think that is one theme that comes out through a lot of discussions that I have in my discussions with uh, the government is how important everybody now realizes peer learning is. I mean, we that was why we were founded. Yeah. So we've always thought it was important, but, but on different topics as well, mm. learning from other people's experiences, maybe getting a mentor. There are so many options available that if you think you might want to talk to somebody, there's definitely advice out there for yeah. you. And I would say to families that are tackling a challenge alone, whether it's on the family side or the kind of more traditional business issues, that you're not alone mm. and there's a huge amount of support and advice. And that's one of the things that's so great about the family business community is that people are generous with their time and family business owners in our experience, want to help other family business yeah. owners because they they know that they can make a huge difference. Yeah, and at some point in the, the family businesses' life, for the successful ones that are uh, the example, they would have had those times where they would have felt isolated and felt yeah. alone and would have wanted support. And I think um, one of the recurring themes that we um, come across is that family businesses do feel isolated. And I think they're the only ones suffering from that particular problem and it might be that the characters are unique but actually there'll be other people that have gone through something broadly similar and having that support network that that get it that kind of understand the the element that is unique to to family businesses is hugely valuable so i echo that i think it's a great way to get some support and um uh, the family business community is is always willing and and happy to to share their experiences so that's that's good i find in my experience, if somebody's new to the the world that we both inhabit, mm. which is talking about family businesses all day, every day, and we know about the three circle model and we're so familiar with it, we probably have dreams about it. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> but Or nightmares, I don't know. No, no, dreams, dreams. Um, but the we inhabit that world and so we're so familiar with it but when you bring somebody in from a family business and they realize there's all these other people that are having the same conversations as them yeah. it often you see kind of a physical weight lift off people's shoulders and they think oh that's great i'm not the only person that has this problem mm-hmm. um now that doesn't mean the the ideal would be if you could then go and say here's three things you need to do and all your problems would be solved it doesn't work like that because as you say there are so many different factors at play. Individual personalities are a huge part of that. But what being part of a community like ours or talking to other businesses through advisors that you work with can help you do is it can help you realize and hear lots of other experiences and then work a path through mm-hmm. that makes sense for you and for your family. Um, but yeah, it can be incredibly lonely mm-hmm. because you're dealing with You're dealing with your family, your business. As you said, we spend most of our lives at work or a lot of our lives at work or thinking about work. 
Um, and that can, it can feel like there's a lot going on. And I think if you can just understand that you're not alone, that really, really does help. Yeah. Uh, again, completely echo those views. Um, is there anything else within the report that we can take away into our everyday lives to, <laughs> to make them easier? Um, I think one of the things that I think is really important and is one of the things that makes family businesses very special is uh, their embeddedness across the country. And I think that that's really important when we're talking about the future of the UK economy and often the terms used rebalancing um, mm-hmm. the economy so that it's not as focused on London and that there's growth throughout the whole country. And I think family businesses have a really important role to play in that. So I know lots of family businesses uh, are involved in their in their LEPs, but certainly I think there are there's a lot going on around local industrial strategies and local development plans and all those kinds of things. And I think it's really important that family businesses try and get involved in those because those are the businesses that have been there for a very long time often in their communities. So they've seen things that come and go, which interventions have worked, which haven't, you know, some people are, are a big, um, some people are a big fan of business link. Some people particularly like growth hubs mm-hmm. and if family businesses who do those leaders who have been around for a long time and do have experience of what has and hasn't worked, if they can feed in, it means hopefully we'll learn from what yeah, has worked in the absolutely. past to build some genuine kind of support that will help regional growth because family businesses are very, the term I often use, and I'm not sure it's <laughs> the best way to describe it, but family businesses are very sticky in their local uh-huh. communities. Yeah. They're there for good or bad. Um, You know, whatever the local economy is doing, they stay there. Mm. And um, unlike other businesses that might come in for a short while and then leave or relocate, family businesses are there for the long term. And so it's really important that when plans are being put in place about that community for the long term, that they get involved Mm. and make sure that whatever's being proposed works for them. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Well, it, it, I've read through the report. It is, um, it's very comprehensive. It covers an awful lot of subjects. <laughs> for those people that have listened and want to get hold of it, where's the best place to head for uh, a copy of the report? So if you head to our website, ifb.org.uk, you can download it for free on there um, and, and you can have a, whole, have a look at the whole thing. Absolutely. We do have some kind of information with just some of the headlines as well, <laughs> if you'd prefer not to read the whole report. Yeah. But I do think that there is a lot of information in there that's worth kind of taking in and absorbing Mm. um and using when you you know if you meet your local mp (laughs) if you own a family business and you're meeting your local mp make sure that they understand why family business is so important Mm. because they all have family businesses in their constituencies and they should they should all be made aware of why family business is so important yeah again completely agree I think one of the things we may even have touched on this in our um, previous episode is there are sectors in the UK there's the automobile sector or there's the agricultural sector or there's the retail sector but but when seeing more now that people are recognizing the family business sector I've no doubt that a lot of that comes down to the work that you guys have done um, through the IFB but that the report and the support that you provide forms part of the um, advocacy work that you do. Another area that you're 
um, personally involved in, I believe, is the all-party parliamentary group, which can be a mouthful. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little bit about what that is, how it came about, and, and what that involves? Yes, so the all-party parliamentary group for family business, or the APPG for family business, as we prefer to call it, because <laughs> it's less of a mouthful, yeah. um, is, a, is a group of... MPs and peers who have an interest in family business um, and a place for them to get together with external people to talk about kind of the issues that most affect and are of interest to family businesses. So it's the the IFB are the sponsor and the secretariat of the group. We were the we've been that since it was founded. Um, and our chairman, uh, so the chairman of the group is an MP from Carlisle. His name is John Stevenson. Uh-huh. He has actually personally worked with a lot of family businesses and he's a really, really fantastic advocate for yeah. what family businesses do and, and why they're so important, particularly in communities. Um, and so the group is really a place for us to try and bridge the gap between politicians and and business owners and business managers and make sure that there's a conversation going on between them because um, I think that that is really important for politicians to hear directly from business owners. I go and talk to people but I think that it's uh, that the kind of perspective that people can give directly is so important And, and it's unlike a lot of what politicians hear. Um, they often hear from people like me who are policy professionals mm-hmm. or from kind of public affairs people. Being able to speak to the owner of a business with their long-term perspective but also the personal connection it has mm-hmm. is really very special. I find even, in, you know, I find it still very special in my role. But for a politician to be able to do that, I think it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic thing to do. So in the past... In the past year, we've had discussions about all sorts of topics that are interest of interest to family businesses. So we had a session particularly focused on the challenges that rural SMEs face mm-hmm. because they have a very particular set of challenges yeah. around infrastructure especially. Um, and also, I think rural businesses are in a similar position, I think, sometimes to family businesses where, again, people tend to think by sector – and rural businesses cross all those sectors yeah. and a lot of rural business discussions focus on farming. Mm-hmm. But actually, you can be a marketing business in a rural location yes, or you can be a mechanic in a rural location. Mm-hmm. And so you still have challenges that maybe wouldn't be addressed other in other ways. And actually, at the IFB, we've been working with the Rural Business Awards um, because I think there are so many fantastic rural family businesses mm-hmm. that it's worth kind of again, highlighting and promoting them. But we've also had discussions about the Northern Powerhouse because, again, the discussion about rebalancing the economy. um, There's so many amazing family businesses really, you know, getting actively involved in that Northern Powerhouse discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had discussions about corporate governance reforms and we had James Waits along to talk about that as well because that's been hugely of interest to our members particularly. And then we had, um, in middle of May this year, we had Kelly Tolhurst, who's the small business minister, along. We had a discussion with her about the findings from the latest sector report, but also about what's happening to support small businesses around late payments, Mm -hmm. um, which is a big issue for for small businesses. 
around business support and, and LEPs and, and all, you know, a whole gamut of issues. So it's, um, it's quite a diverse, <laughs> it's been quite a diverse um, discussion list over the past year or so, but I think that it's a really, it's a really important group. Mm. And I guess part of the idea behind it as well is, I mean, we've seen again, without going too much into the current political state, but there's in some roles, there's a revolving door <laughs> on for, for politicians, whereas the the group in its construction presumably allows for the fact that politicians may change roles and we may get changes of government throughout over time that would mean that the people sat around that table are different on the political side. But having some consistency with the membership side from your representation means that it doesn't really matter who's on the other side of the, the table, the views are being listened to and, and shared. Would that be fair? So it's a cross-party group. So we have um, people from all all across the house. We also have peers in that group, and right. they aren't subject to the same electoral system as uh -huh. um, as the Commons. But we have backbenchers who aren't being necessarily reshuffled. Um, and I think what a lot of people how how a lot of MPs start to be involved in the group is through a constituency link. They might right. have a really you know fantastic business in their local community, and we'll kind of we or they will say to them this group exists and have a have a chat i think we had a discussion last time about consistency mm -hmm. around um around who you're speaking to and it is it's it's a constant challenge when people move on but also it's an opportunity to talk to somebody else yeah. and i always I, I kind of view it as if that person moves into a different role doesn't mean that they're not going to still be doing stuff that's relevant exactly. to family businesses. Um, and there's still obviously the civil service, which is really important for us to build up relationships with officials who are doing a lot of the day-to-day -day heavy lifting on the policy, the direction set by ministers, but the, the technical detail, which is incredibly important yeah. to uh, avoid any unintended consequences. Um, the, the the details being done mostly by the civil servants. Mm. So if a family wants to get involved in trying to influence things, we, we've mentioned already, talk to your local MP mm -hmm. um, as it stands. But is there an, also a way that if they don't have access to their local MP, if they don't have that as a potential option, they can get in touch with you guys to help influence that and... Yes, yeah, so I'm always really keen to hear from families, to hear what's particularly affecting them, what issues they're concerned about, uh, what's having an impact on them. So certainly just contact me. Um, my contact details are on our website, or I'm sure we can give them out at the end. We'll, and we will put them in the show notes. In the show notes. Assuming Excellent. you're happy to yeah, do so. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Please <laughs> put my bombarded. email there. <laughs> no, please bombard me. I don't mind at all. Um but for the APPG, um, there's a mailing list that keeps people up to date on what's happening with that group. So, again, we can put that information in the show notes if anybody would like to sign up and subscribe to that. Um, we also put in regular consultation responses and we ask people to kind of feed into that process mm -hmm. as well. So there's a lot of different ways to get involved. I think I'd also encourage, if you don't know your local MP, if you're a family business contact them, yeah. ha, you know, invite them to visit you, talk to them about what you do, why it's so important, what concerns you, because they're there to represent you. And as a business owner, you're an important part of their mm. community. You're providing jobs, you're supporting the local economy. So I definitely encourage uh, families who don't maybe 
uh, have contact with their local MP to do so because mm. it is important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the other, um, so that we've talked about the kind of official ways in which you um, provide the, the um, advocacy. In terms of some perhaps reassurance that um, you don't go into the APBG group and talk to a brick wall, are there some tangible results or tangible things that have come out of those discussions where you've seen a realisation from the politicians who are sat around a table that you know things need to change? I mean, it might be difficult to, to say because of... What, uh, official secrets or whatever, that, <laughs> depending on what you discuss. But um, is, is there something, it, it is a practical group, it is useful, it's not just, it's not there f for um, PR purposes. I think there's a real opportunity for family businesses at the moment particularly. Um, a lot of politicians are talking and the media generally is talking about trust in business um, how we get businesses to be more responsible, that whole discussion. And family businesses live that already. They're incredibly long-term. They are a force for good. Um, and I think that there's a real opportunity to demonstrate to, to policymakers across the board that there's a huge amount of good work going on. And I think I'd say as well that particularly at the moment I'm going to mention the word we weren't going to mention again. Uh. But particularly at the moment with so much of the discussion in Parliament around Brexit, mm -hmm. I said it, um, <laughs> with so much of the discussion around Brexit, politicians are getting a lot of contact from business particularly about that. Mm. Understandably, it's an incredibly important issue and people have very strong views on it. But politicians therefore quite like talking to businesses about other things as well. Mm. And visiting a local uh, family business is a great way for them to understand what else is going on because Brexit's very important, but there's a lot of other stuff going on yes. and, and there's a lot of other work going on, but businesses also have a lot of other things affecting them. Um, and so it's a great opportunity to get through the door that way in, in order to kind of talk about something a bit different. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you want to talk to them about Brexit, definitely do, because yeah. it is important to people. That's not what I'm saying. But but I think that um, particularly while there's also this discussion about trust in business, families have a great opportunity to show what they're doing already, the good work that they're doing around mm -hmm. engaging their employees, um, how they're kind of responding to their customers' needs. And I think there's an appetite for that kind of discussion. Yeah. Um, Excellent. And again, I echo those um, views. Um, where can our audience find out a little bit more about the APPG, the work that you're doing? Is it best to go to the website direct to you? How, how would you prefer um, that? To... So it's best to go to the website for just general information. But if there's something that people would particularly like to talk about or that's a particular problem or a concern for their business, then definitely get in touch with me directly. Um, we talk about quite a range of issues, obviously, affecting family businesses. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very happy to have a chat really about anything. There's a few issues that have been top of our agenda for the past few months, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, still the impact of the government's corporate governance reforms, yep. which I think we spoke about last mm -hmm. time. That's been a huge, um, hugely important piece of work. And I think if you haven't, 
looked at the weights principles for corporate governance for large private companies, I would encourage you to do so because what we're finding are a lot of families that aren't necessarily affected by the legislation because their businesses are smaller than that, um, are finding that a very useful discussion point and a starting point to assess whether their corporate governance is fit for purpose, but also to use it as a way to facilitate conversations within the family Mm. about what they want their corporate governance to look like, what maybe they want their family governance to look like. So I think that's a really useful thing to look at, even if you think your business isn't big enough to be affected Mm -hmm. by the legislation, check that out. Um, There's also an ongoing discussion um, around inheritance tax, Mm -hmm. business property relief, which is something that families often want to talk about um, because it is so important. And our position is and will always be that um, business property relief is absolutely vital for Mm. for family-owned businesses. Without it, otherwise successful businesses would be broken up because of the death of a major shareholder. And so it's incredibly important for business continuity. The Office for Tax Simplification has been reviewing inheritance tax and we're expecting something on that in the not-too-distant future. Mm But there's also been consultations around taxation of trusts, which wow. a lot of families use as well. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of misinformation about trusts and why families use them. And for some people, they are absolutely essential for succession planning mm. for um, to deal with kind of family dynamics issues and to protect vulnerable family members or vulnerable shareholders. So I think that that's really important. And we've been doing a lot of work around that as well. And then... There's other things like the government's changes to probate, which we think will have a big effect on family business owners. And we've been um, quite vocal about that. (laughs) Um, But there is, so I think that although it can feel from the media and from the discussions in the main chamber in parliament, that Brexit is the only thing that's going on, there is quite a lot of other stuff going on. So I definitely encourage people to, Stay, stay engaged and, and stay involved uh-huh. if there's an issue that particularly uh, is close to your heart yeah. um, because there's a lot going on and we're very keen to hear from people about what, what's concerning them on a day-to-day basis. Fantastic. Um, Fiona, thank you very much indeed again for your time and your yeah. insights and uh, we look forward to your third appearance on the show, wherever that <laughs> if might I'm be. allowed back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. I hope you found this episode useful. If you have, then why not share it with your family and see what they think? I work with families just like yours to help them to better understand the complexities that can come with being a family in business. So whether you're just starting out or heading into the umpteenth generation, if you feel that I could help, check out fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ and get in touch. Until next time, take care.